0: The progress that you would make, say, from today's date, in the next 24 months, you say, like, you know, oh, like I, I got, I got that, I got that, and my friends didn't. No, actually, you got that. But if you looked at the whole, at the end of your life, if you went to the end of those, this, the time that you have, that's going to be your life. You know, that's a much bigger number, should say, mathematically, in terms of think about finance, of like. If you had to compound something for 50 periods, you know, period one and two period versus period 49 and 50 are tremendously different, tremendously different numbers. Tremendously different numbers. You know? And for every year of your life, you were a couple cycles ahead of where they could even possibly be, which, of course, if they didn't go with you now, they're not going to go with you later anyway, and so on and so on. So. You know, Warren Buffett started trading stocks when he was 11. Warren Buffett wasn't popular. Nobody knew who the fuck Warren Buffett was until around 1990. Warren Buffett was around 60 years old before he was, you know like famous before you'd call him. You know, you, you could argue, he, was he 57? was he 61? But you know, around that time in his life, the late '80s, early '90s, was when Warren Buffett started to become famous as like really standing out as an extraordinary investor. He's 90 today. right now he's 90. So, you know, he he didn't. Uh, the money he made between age 11 and 13 was probably very negligible relative to the money he would have made at you know, for any couple year period at his 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, et cetera, You know. So, how many of you understand what I'm saying about that? It's, I know it's a little tricky for, if you weren't a, a math or science guy, it's a little tricky to follow that maybe, but that's a tremendous difference in outcome. You're not just getting those two years, you're setting your whole life up for you know, tremendously higher outcomes. And I just, say, I just said, the, the, I made it a finance example because it's e- easier to conceptualize that mathematically, but you know, your education compounds too. Your social circle, your social, you know, the value of your peer group compounds too. And uh, easier to understand it when you talk about it mathematically rather than it's a bit more esoteric to think about those other elements, but still equally valid, still true. So I don't, I don't, I don't think it's so useful to, to hype yourself. If you've got to give yourself a lot of hype to go get something done, you know, probably you're not going to get much done. But I think you should to have a moment of pride or a moment of reflection that, like, you people are choosing to go do things that others just don't do. And, and you'll have outcomes proportionate to that, that others just won't have. And um, you might be frustrated in the short term, but keep your mind on that thought of like you know oh but other people are doing nothing. Yeah, you know, you're making progress while well, they're making excuses. And can, starting that, especially for at any age, but especially for the youngest among you, it just sets you up for so much success over time that um, you can really have whatever the fuck you want. Like, you really, really could have whatever you want. A lot of you in your, you know, how many of you are still in, like, under 25 or so? So Several. Yeah. like, I I think any of the older guys in here that are 36 or older. uh, (laughs) 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 Don't you wish you did some of the things, some of the things you did in your 30s, don't you wish you learned to do that as a teenager? And, you know, it it ain't like uh, you're far from struggling, you're doing fantastic, you know? But I have those thoughts sometimes. Like, I, I wish any, any moment of wasted time from my youth, I wish I was doing some of the things I was doing in my 20s instead, and you know pulled that forward, you know? It'd be hard to actually, you, know? you think through the, well, if, you, if you played the game that every idiot plays, which is uh, not a very useful thought experiment in, in many ways, but I think a lot of people have done this, like, if I knew now, if I knew then what I know now, and you know, imagine the, you know various investments you could have made or things that uh, if you could go back if you could go back one year right now, and then relive the last year with your current knowledge, but just one year ago, you know the you couldn't help but make you'd make more than a billion dollars. You would make over a billion dollars if you if you knew the timing and sequencing of various things, you'd make more than a billion dollars. You have no trouble doing that in a year. So even, if, even starting with where, whatever your current net worth would be, it would be over a billion dollars if, if you knew those sequestings and timings, even just from memory, not even looking at charts necessarily. So, um, Any case, you know, the, 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 that first thought experiment of like, you're not just getting the next couple of years ahead, you're getting a couple of years ahead for the rest of your life and those last years are huge. And uh, yeah, it means that you get to retire early and have you know, um, a lot higher percentage of your youthful existence to go do whatever the fuck you want, whatever that might be for you. Um, I, I hear you. I think it's really actually a good question. And I mean, for, first of all, success is, uh, I, I think you'd agree with this, success is very much a mindset. Countless case, uh, case studies of lottery winners. They get a few million dollars and like it, it actually makes their life worse because all their, all their negative inclinations or you know, the, the bad habits they'd love to indulge in, they're then financially able to. And I saw a documentary 10-ish years ago. I was in Miami. And uh, I'm not much of a sun person, but I walked out on the beach in South Beach for about 80 minutes with no sunscreen and a uh, T-shirt off on the beach. And then I realized that was a really awful idea, and uh, there's no way I wanted to go back outside of the sun. Like it was, you know, you have like the like a fever and a chill, and it feels awful. You know, some of you probably had made an equally stupid decision at one time or another in your life. So I yeah, I was just like, the the thought of going outside when the sun was up made me feel like sick and yucky and like no. So I'm like well, so I watched TV for a bit, and I really don't watch a lot of television, but. Uh, I did then, but I, saw, I found this documentary about lottery winners. It was like two hours long. And the, a few of the highlights that I remember that uh, there was a guy that he was in his early 60s, I believe, you know, happily married, his whole life type of thing. So he found a way to spend a lot of that money at strip clubs, uh, got drugged, got robbed, um, bought his granddaughter a car that she crashed and died in. Uh, I think his grandson, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think I'm conflating this with a different one, but I may be. I believe his grandson also had a drug overdose and died. So, you know, grandkids are dead. Uh, His wife divorces him because he's out fucking strippers. Um, He gets drugged and robbed by the boyfriend of one of the strippers, so on and so on. There was a different one, I remember, a guy in his early 30s was a very religious fella. And uh, I think he was a preacher or pastor, if I'm not mistaken and uh so he started sleeping around, and his wife left him, and his congregation wasn't too excited about uh all the philandering and then he killed himself um there was some white trash guy that got himself a you know mil- one point something million dollar house you know in a in a you know like in a place like Kentucky or something where that's like a big house you know, so he had this you know rather nice home that um he and his friends would get drunk and uh, shoot beer cans in the house, and basically destroyed the house, like turned it into a shooting range, and destroyed, uh, you know, a 1.1 or 1.3 million dollar house or something. So, um, th- there's a series of these where they, you know people kill themselves, they get divorced, they have drug overdoses, you know, so intentional suicide, accidental suicide if you want to call it that loosely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, giving idiots money. Doesn't solve a problem at all. It's you know the you either if you couldn't manage ten thousand dollars, you're not going to manage you know a hundred thousand dollars any better. You're not going to manage ten million dollars any better, et cetera. You're just going to find a way to fuck it up. So um, I think that's one useful bullet point. It's like uh, more money isn't the solution to financial success. It's like you know thinking differently, thinking more intelligently, or understanding how an economy fits together and how you might contribute to that economy is the only way that you're gonna get money and keep it sustainably and, and grow it and grow it and grow it. And you know, um, I think other, I'll, I'll you, you start thinking of a couple bullet points too, but I think, I'll think of a couple more off the top of my head is that you're gonna have to have different friends. You're gonna, get, you're gonna go make different friends. And a lot of people don't like that. They, they wanna keep their legacy friends around. And if your friends don't have the same goals, then you're gonna have to ditch those people or you're going to stay right where you're at. You don't get to do both. Uh, Epictetus talked about that almost 2,000 years ago. And uh, you know, paraphrasing, but he said that you'll, that you'll you either have to uh, you know, um, transcend past that peer group you know, and be hated by them, you know, or stay down there and give up your goals, that uh, a person that tries to do both will come to ruin, that you don't get to do both. So you either get to get onto the next level by yourself and go meet some new people that are there, or you get to stay just right where you're at. Actually, this idea of like not making progress, like you just stay where you're at, you actually don't stay where you're at. Because if you're in your early 20s, you know, and you don't make progress, um, if you're in the same spot 10 years later, are you equally well off? Or the world's progressed around you and you just lost a decade of opportunity cost of the things that you could have done and your potentiality is forever you know, destroyed relative to what it could have been had you been doing something industrious for that past decade. It's gonna be a fraction of what it could have been. And then some people use that as an excuse to not get started then. And if you did that for two decades, your whole life was destroyed. It's just like, just forget about it. Just forget about it. So, you know, you're gonna have new friends. You're gonna have to, uh, I, I think uh, so, uh, it's a, Invoke a little Marcus Aurelian-esque type thought is, uh, you know, don't don't expect so much of life like it's supposed to be beautiful and, you know, the beautiful part if you, if you could come to terms that you know, some shitty things are going to happen and you're going to have plenty of struggles and plenty of obstacles and then later on you're going to die, you know, you probably be a lot happier. You almost certainly would be a lot happier than having you know extraordinarily lofty expectations and and then you're just never satisfied, you know? And a, a lot of the, the Stoics from, you know, I don't know, Epictetus, uh, Cicero, Seneca, Marcus Aurelius, you know, all these guys had very similar thoughts about that. Epicurus uh, had very similar thoughts about that, that if uh, you if you you Diogenes, um, if you, you know, the more that you had a, a rather simplified life that, which doesn't mean fucking be poor and stupid, you know? It's like, you know, have whatever the fuck resources you want to have, but don't, don't overcomplicate things or don't uh, take on, you know, unnecessary liabilities. It's like, there's no honor or nobility in taking on these unnecessary liabilities and unnecessary troubles. I had a vasectomy when I was 26, because I just knew, I'm just like, I'm not the type of person that wants to raise kids. And I always knew that. I really felt that since I was a teenager. I'm just like, I never, ever had a desire to have some little bastard screaming at me um, or losing sleep over it, like, I just, I, I just never had a desire ever. And uh, I never regretted having that vasectomy. I, I've always felt, I literally think that, like, college and vasectomy are the two smartest things I ever did in my life, actually. I think it's the two smartest things I ever did, that, you know, not doing one of the, if I didn't do both of those things, my life would be, like, way less good than it is right now because uh, one or both of them would have fucked me up, so. He and I were waiting for uh, you know taxi Uber last night, and uh, there's an image of Tony Shea on a building down there, and you know we, we talked about that briefly. But uh, Tony Shea was a friend of mine. I, I know Tony for about 11 years, and um, you know he uh, he's, he started a company when he was a kid. He sold that. He personally made 20 little over 20 million dollars. He put it in his pocket on that sale. He's about your age at that time. And, you know, then he, uh, you know, if you had 20 million bucks, would you be, would you be eager to go risk 110, or more, would you be eager to risk, you know, 150% of it and maybe go bankrupt starting a, a very high risk brand new company, or would you be pretty okay with your 20, 20 million bucks at your age? I'd probably go for it. And well, easy to say. And also that was, that was, uh, you know, 23 or so years ago, thereabouts. So, uh. You know, if you think about inflation, then that's really forty some million dollars today. So imagine being his age and you got forty some million dollars in cash. But anyway, Tony turned that into a couple billion dollars. And he he turned he created a company called Zappos that some of you might know. And um he sold that to uh, Amazon for one point three billion. He got he mostly got paid in stock and then he continued to to run the company as CEO until recently. And um you know, with his Amazon stock also appreciated quite a lot over time. So, um, you know, I, they used to have an office in, in Henderson. Uh, I've traveled with Tony. He's, we've been in Miami together. We've been in D.C. together. have been, in, he walked me through his office in Henderson. You know, personally, the new office that's downtown in the neighborhood we've been hanging out in. I've been on Tony's private jet. I've been to several of his, you know, two of his homes. Um, so we we had a. A relationship. We weren't best friends, but we had a relationship over more than a decade, and we spent you know significant time together. And um, yeah, it's just sad. You know, he stepped down from CEO. He liked this hippie shit that uh, you know some other people here like some of this little these hippie type bullshit things. So he was into some of this hippie type shit that I never was. And uh, and I'll be respectful of him and not say too much about it, but. Um, yeah, he's a very smart person, he made a lot of money, helped a lot of people's lives, built great companies, and uh, you know, died in a fire that uh looks like was his fault and was totally avoidable. So uh, yeah, just sad. Just sad. And he's a really smart person, far above average person, really good person. And um just sad. And I never talked about Tony at I, I, I don't, there's a lot of people that I've spent time with that I don't say their names, but I don't think it'd be inappropriate to do that at this time and it'd be easy enough to document our relationship together besides that. But, uh, Owen's aware of that. His business partner is you know, well aware of that, et cetera. And, you know, had a lot of the same experiences together, but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, the, uh, to, to your point that guy made a couple billion dollars and still found a way to kill himself, you know, decades early you know 35 years earlier than necessary or you know than expected, you know. So, I, I think it's fucked. So I don't know. I <coughs> I'm not a fucking uh I don't I don't give a lot of you know fitness or health advice, but when I see people that think it's like a a good thing to be casual drug users, which inevitably a few people in this room, which I don't need to put you on the spot, but you know who you are. They think, you know, oh, it's okay, it's fine if I just Do this a little bit, or that a little bit, or party a little bit. I'm I'm sure Tony thought it was great too. Thought he was just fine. Sure, he thought it was fine. So, and then until something happens in your life, and that becomes a, you know, a management tool, an emotional crutch, instead of having that independent locus of control, you're leaning towards substances to get you through uh, an emotional time in life, and that's how it worked out for him. And he's not the only story of people that have done that. Numerous people found ways to kill themselves early because of drugs or too much alcohol. So I'll I'll add that to the list that that's not going to help your success in any major way.